everybody. Well, Welcome to Buffy Speak. It had to happen sometime. What, okay. this episode? Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, welcome to the worst episode of Buffy. The most unwatchable episode Caroline of Buffy. I did not like this episode. I, there was so much wrong with it. And I mean this ethically, morally, religiously. Like, there was just a lot <laughs> that didn't need to happen. There were design choices made. Mm-hmm. That I cannot believe. Truly. Um, we watched season seven, episode three, same time, same place. Um, Willow is invisible. And she so they're is. doing the thing. <laughs> they're doing the, they're doing the thing like that movie or in that movie Serendipity where they're crisscrossing each other. Never seen it. <laughs> you never seen Serendipity? Oh my god. I was doing... John Mulaney has a bit about it. That's what I was referencing. Oh, really? Yeah, but um, I guess you just haven't seen Serendipity. It's not super great. It is John Cusack, who I do not like. Oh, you don't um, like John Cusack? I don't know why I say it like that. I haven't seen much of his stuff anyway. I like Joan Cusack. Joan Cusack is a boss-ass bitch. Like, I know a boss-ass bitch when I see one, and Joan Cusack is one. Um, Her brother, John, leaves something to be desired, in my own personal opinion. (laughs) It's something about his face, I think. He's, um, I don't know. It's potato-ish. Is that rude? The Boombox movie? The classic 80s I've never seen that movie. I've never seen the movie. movie? (laughs) um i've seen him in uh midnight in the garden of good and evil i've seen him in whoa how dare this computer this computer is getting a facetime i'm using my aunt's and i don't want to decline it because what if she's getting it on her phone i'm gonna decline it i'm just gonna do it sorry i don't know who that was um (laughs) but um Okay, I've seen him in High Fidelity as well, which is a sexist-ass movie. Is it? But, yeah, and that was the first thing I saw him in, and he's really just unbearable in that movie. And that's supposed to be part of the joke. That's a thing. When you tell when you tell men that you don't like High Fidelity, they go, "What? well, it's part of the joke that he's a terrible person. And I'm like, okay, but I don't think it's funny to be a bad person. Yeah, and they want... It's like, it's like that big, like, it's like that nice guy sexism where he's like so the plot of high fidelity is that he goes back to all of his old exes and like asks them what went wrong what he did and no not what he did wrong like he goes back to try and figure out what went wrong in their relationship and a lot of the time it's like the joke is that he's the problem in most of them okay and but but he shows up and he starts romanticizing his ex-girlfriends and he goes, oh my god, she's so hot now. Oh my god, how could I have ever broken this off with her? Something, something, something. And then, like, she does something that is cool. Like, like I think one of them, like, they go back to her place and she's gotten really rich <laughs> since he dated her. And uh-huh. she, he walks in and then starts talking shit about her in his head. And he's like, who the fuck does she think she is with all this stuff in her house? <laughs> And the joke is that she's made more money, and now he's insecure. Mm-hmm. And, but I don't think that's funny. <laughs> Do you? Like, 
Um, it depends on I don't if know. the movie is like painting him as like a hero or not. I feel. Mm, yeah. Jack Black isn't is in that movie, which is a saving grace. I do love Jack Black very much. I love Jack Black. Jack Black is just I can't get enough of him. Mm-hmm. Any movie. Any movie. Serious role. Funny role. Don't care. <laughs> Jack Black. Always good. Um, anyway, can we just talk about Jack Black for the rest of this episode yeah, and no, not I, talk about when I was the a kid, fucking... I, I say when I was a kid, I was like 17. That's a kid to okay. me now. I hate that. Um, <clears throat> when I was oh younger, God, me let's too. Say, okay. I, um, I, when we watched The Holiday, because The Holiday is one of my favorite romantic right. comedies of all time. And if it's not yours, you're wrong. Um... <laughs> Uh, the holiday, my favorite, um, relationship portrayed in the holiday is, was, used to be Jack, no, not Jack Black, Cameron Diaz and Jude Law. Because I thought it was, yeah. like, sexy and romantic and mysterious. Yeah, and, it's know. white bread, though. It's white yeah, bread. It's, You're better than that. Well, and then, as an adult, watching it, yes. I'm like, no, it's clearly the superior relationship is Jack Black and Kate Winslet. Like, yeah, 100 Clearly they are better for each other. And, like, I mean, I'm sure that... Kate you know, Winslet is the is a superior character in that movie, too. Versus Cameron so Diaz. She's so good. Yeah, Cameron Diaz's... Cameron Diaz's, like, storyline, I've never been, like, a huge fan of. It's like, oh, she can't cry. Oh, wait, but he is a dad, isn't he? He, he is, is a dad, a single, isn't he? That is, he's a single dad, and his wife died... And they right. call themselves the Three Musketeers, which is what Cameron Diaz and her parents oh, called wow. themselves. That is a cute little moment in the movie. Yeah. I had forgotten about that. I was like, she just wants to be, like, with sexy Law in a nice-ass kitchen. And to be fair, who among us doesn't? Yeah. However, <laughs> the more interesting storyline is Kate Winslet and her elder friend. Um, oh, my gosh. And her funny, and her funny guy. He's so sweet in that movie, Jack Black is. He is, and he's not like a... He's so sweet. He's not like a punchline or anything like that. He's just like a... No. He has like a a a charming, funny guy, which is, I'm sure, how he is in real life. Yeah, he's looking... Old age looks good on him. I'm like, oh my god, I never pictured old Jack Black before, and it's going incredibly. Mm Mm-hmm. Did you see... Did you see that video of him playing the... Playing the... The toy saxophone recently that went viral. Yes, on Conan or whatever. Yeah. Was it Seth Meyers? I don't remember. Um, yeah. One of them. Who's to say? One of those guys. Uh, yeah, you know, they're all white and they all have dark hair and... I I mean, Trevor Noah's not white. But nobody even talks about Trevor Noah. I know. I I heard somebody mention... Okay, so when Trevor Noah first took, wait, took control of Jon Stewart's show, everybody was like, ugh, he's never gonna measure up. You know? And then, everybody was like, oh, he did such a good job, we love him, we're super excited about him. And then nobody ever talked about him again. That's been, that's been my reality over here. I just think it's, it's just such a, like, it's such a hard like, thing to do to fill the shoes after Jon Stewart and 
Stephen Colbert, even though Stephen Colbert right. is technically still on the air. But he's not, you know, doing his, his Stephen Colbert character anymore. He's just himself now, which is fine, I guess. Um, but <laughs> it's it's just so hard to follow up those two yeah. who were, like, for so long in, like, the early 2000s and, like, late 90s and stuff like that. They were, like, the people. Like, they the were the pe- guys. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's I mean, just... not not even that long ago. Like, when I was in high school, like, Stephen Colbert was, like, the dude. Yeah. I loved, yeah. in high school, I loved watching, I didn't like the Daily Report, the Daily Show so much, because in high school, I was more about, like, pop culture. I mean, you know, still am, but, like, <laughs> even less into, like, current events than I currently am. Right. Yeah. And, no, uh, I didn't care. Until there was a horse in the White House. Yeah, yeah. Is that our second John Mulaney reference for the day? <laughs> we we All have right. uh, eight more before we get a free uh-huh. guest appearance. Yeah, um, you having your... Everybody's got their punch cards, right? Yeah, come on. Keep up. Um, <laughs> but um, uh, I, I so love like the Colbert? Colbert Report. Yeah. Like, I loved yeah. it in high school. And... It was just the fun because that that was kind of how I got my news in high school was was Stephen Colbert and sometimes John Stewart mm-hmm. if if I was feeling like it. But you just like can't, a grown up. Like, it's just so hard, and that's not that's definitely because Trevor Noah. I've seen some clips. It's so funny because Trevor Noah had a stand up special before you know before John mm-hmm. Stewart had even announced that he was leaving, and Patrick. And I watched his stand-up special, and it's really good. It's very funny. But, like, we were like, who is this guy? Like, we've never heard of this guy. Why did he get a whole stand-up special? And then we would show it to all our friends, and they would be like, oh, this guy's really funny. Who is he? And we're like, oh, we don't know. His name's Trevor Noah. And then and then he freaking took over The Daily Show, and everyone was like, hey, you you told us. <laughs> we were like, yeah, we did. Wasn't on purpose, yeah. but... We the did. last time that anybody mentioned Trevor Noah to me was last week, and it's funny that he's coming up now, mm. because, like I said, like, I hadn't heard anything about Trevor Noah, and then in two weeks, we've, I've talked about him with people, but, um, the person last week mentioned him and said that his autobiography is very, very good. I've heard that. And, like, a, his like- upbringing is, like, super interesting, and... Yeah, well, he talks about that in his stand-up special and having to, like, when he and his, when his mom would walk, like, when his family would go out, his mom would have to walk across the street from his dad with Trevor. Oh, that's right, because he was, he was illegal. Yeah, because he took place during apartheid. Because he's, he's mixed race. Yeah. That's right. That's what it was. And so, he looks more black than white, and so, if he was walking with his dad, who was, I think, Swiss- if he was walking with his dad, then people would know. But if he was yeah. walking with his mom, then people could just be like, oh, he's just light-skinned. Right. So, that's... Ugh! That. Bleak. That, Bleak. Alright, that's, that's like, the end of that um, train of thought. Because yeah. I just went talking, to a dark place. We're not... <laughs> I wouldn't say we're qualified to discuss apartheid. 
Yeah, I don't know a whole lot about it. I only recently learned how to pronounce it, if I'm being completely honest with you. Oh my gosh. Um, Like, within within the last three years, I learned how to pronounce it, so. Mm -hmm. Um, I wouldn't call myself an expert. Uh, Anyway, should we talk about this episode? So what? So what? So Willow's back. Willow is back. She has returned from England. And she is nervous about being back. And then for... Okay, so it opens. They're in an airport. Xander's got a sign that he is decorated in yellow crayon. It is highly invisible. He won't shut up um, about the yellow crayon. Yeah, because um, he is very proud of himself for saving the world. Yeah, which is which what I, I would. Get. You know what I like? I like in my heroes hmm. that you know save the world and overcome uh, great adversity. I like when they brag about it. Oh yeah, of course. That's my favorite. Yeah, that's thing. what I want. I want like zero humility. I just yeah. want them to be like just a real dick about it. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Buffy Buffy and Dawn give it to him, though. They're like, yeah, congrats. Yeah. You did something. You, you And they're making fun of him. Yeah. Um, for using the yellow crayon. And uh, then they're standing there and they're like, um, why is nobody else getting off the plane? Because we don't know where our friend is. And then they're like, wow, she really didn't come back. Mm-hmm. And then they leave the airport. Then we cut back well, to they learned, the, the reason same... they're worried. The reason they're worried is because they learned that Willow hadn't actually finished her training. Because if you'll remember in the last episode, at the end of it, Giles is like, "You have to go back." Like, right? The Hellmouth is like murmuring. And yeah, that's right. You have to, like. There, there has to be someone there, and you're really Who powerful. Like, and 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 I'm assuming he's like, you know, I trust you enough to be able to like defeat this on your own. And but so Giles, but Giles did mention to Buffy he said she didn't, she didn't finish her training. Right. And there's a great line from Dawn <laughs> where she goes, she didn't, she didn't finished learning how not to be evil. Dawn has a lot of really good lines in this Dawn's episode. Dawn's great in this episode. She's really, she's coming into her own. She really, she's, uh, she's the new, um, Willow, basically, just being on, being on the computers and doing the, uh, she is. tracking and, I think that's and a, researching. I think that's a deliberate choice on the writer's part. Um, because... They want so it it kind of serves two um, two plot devices, right? So Dawn, up until this point, has basically been a prop. You know, I love her and she's great, and she has. I mean, she has helped Buffy. Like, you know, I feel like Buffy would have gone more um, in on herself. After her mom died or, um, you know, during the whole glory right. thing, I feel like Buffy probably wouldn't have come out of that as as relatively unscathed as she did if Dawn weren't there. But right. 
but that's not Dawn's character itself. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's it's it's kind of the same as when women characters exist just to further men's plot development. Right. Yeah. It's like Dawn has just kind of been there to um, help Buffy like adjust to these new roles. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, mean, I really like that they're giving her more of her own personality and her own skills. Yeah, so it's like, so Willow, you know, obviously Willow has to fill a different role this season, too, because there's no way you can, you know, you can't come back from, you can't come back from killing someone and, you know, being evil, and then, like, just everything's hunky-dory. She's going to take on a somewhat different role this this season. She's not, like... Yeah, well, and Tara's still dead. Yeah, and Tara is gone. Yeah. And she's dealing with that grief. You know? Yeah. And so, um, I feel like Dawn is a combination. I think, honestly, Dawn is a really good combination of, of all of season, like, one and two Scoobies. Like, I think right. she's, a, yeah, she's I a good mix of Willow, Buffy, and Xander. Xander to mm-hmm. a lesser extent, I would think. But, like, she's, like... I don't know. She she wants to get in the thick of it. She wants to fight. You know, there's the Buffy. And then she's... Yeah, she has... She has Xander's, like... Sen- not, like, necessarily his sense of humor. And because that... Xander's sense of humor is a whole another can of worms. But, um... Just meaning, like, that she can kind of take things lightly. And she has that, like... Bounciness to her. And also, like, kind of that carelessness to her. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like sneaking out and doing stuff like that when she, like, last season. But, um, yeah, and then she's got Willow's, like, desire to learn. She's always been into magic. You know, they were giving her those books mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And then she's got Buffy for, like, you know, fighting and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But honestly, how can you be in Dawn's position and, like, not have those things? Like, I mean, she's grown up for the past three years, like, being with these three older people and, and, like... When I was young, I would adopt, I would adopt the personalities and behaviors of the older people around me all Mm -hmm. the time. You know, like big brothers and stuff like that. I was so into that. I wanted to be like them. And with something like as cool and, and as important at like, as like what they're doing, you know, of course, of course she's like, let me in, let Mm -hmm. me in on it. Plus, she's definitely old enough now. I mean, it's 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 fine, and I'm I'm excited to see where her character goes in this season. But uh, this episode, <laughs> this episode in particular, Dawn's character arc notwithstanding, is weird and strange. And I mean, like I like some aspects of it. Like I like. Uh, I like that Anya is kind of, even though, you know, literally last episode, she was like almost the bad guy, but she went back on, you know, she went back on her spell. So I like that Anya is kind of back with everybody now. Well, yeah, and I think they're doing a good job of, um, oh, sorry. Um, (laughs) I think they're doing a good job of like, easing her out of demonhood um because like you know last episode she 
did the, or like two episodes ago, she was with fucking Halfrick and, mm-hmm. um, and like she was telling her that like, you know, the demons are, the demons aren't really liking what you're doing. You need to step your game up. So then last episode, she steps her game up, but then her friends come and see her and they're like, hey, don't do this. Like, what's wrong with you? Turn this guy back into a, a human bead. And, uh, and then this episode, she's talking about how, She's being punished for going back on um, a vengeance spurt. Yeah, she can't. A wish. She can't That's teleport. what it is. Yeah, she's not allowed to teleport. She has to file a flight path. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so it's kind of like it's showing like her frustration of kind of being caught in the middle, and um, and like she and Willow kind of talk about how like they've both been bad, and about how like she feels they both feel bad about being bad. Mm-hmm. And they're like, they're like, it's like they, they're scared to not feel bad about be about being bad, but they still want to be bad, but also they want to not feel bad about it. But also if they stop feeling bad about it, then that means that they're evil again and that's not what they want and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So they have a nice little bonding moment. Um, Anya can see Willow. So far, it's just Zan- or yeah, it's Xander, Buffy, and Dawn. They can't see him. Another really great scene in this episode is whenever okay, so Willow like so Buffy, Dawn, and Xander leave the airport and come back home, and they're like, "What the fuck? Where's Willow?" So they call Giles, and then Giles is like, "Oh no, I never should have sent her home." And then Willow was like, "Yeah, I told you that," but um. Yeah. <laughs> um so they, like, come home, and they're checking on Giles, and they're talking about what they're gonna do, and about her, and, like, um, Dawn also has a really great moment, because they're saying, they're blaming themselves, they're saying, we should have been more, she was worried we wouldn't accept her, we should have been nicer, and, like, made her feel more at home somehow, and then Giles was all, like, why should have never sent her home, and Dawn was, like, when is everybody gonna start taking some responsibility? Like, we're here now, and we want to be, and we want to be here for Willow, and she didn't show up. Like, why is yeah. nobody talking about that? And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, Dawn is the best. From the from the mouths of babes comes Truly. the truth. And she's like, I mean, that's all that happens. And I actually looked it up, and there that line was originally longer. And it was really? like, I mean, yeah, I should have left the page up. But Dawn says something like, um, Buffy Wiki? Because you know I got that uh, bookmark. I don't know. I don't know where it was. I was scrolling through while you went to go get coffee this morning. I was just scrolling around on Google. Um, Call me out. <laughs> that's all right. I did that last week. Um, you did. Anyway, what was I saying? Oh, okay. So the line was originally something like, um, I mean, when are we going to, when are people going to start taking responsibility? Like, um, it said, what'd she say? She said, Instead, everybody just, just holds keeps- everything in. Right? Did you have do you have it? Alright, yeah. go for it. Okay. Instead, everyone just keeps secrets and suffers alone, and then we're supposed to be all sympathetic when they start ripping the skins off of people or dragging their sisters to the basement. I may have some stuff to work through. Yeah. Yeah. It's and so like, true. Yeah, because Buffy's sitting there going, Am I insane? Am I insane? And am I insane? Instead of like coming to her friends and being like Hey, am I insane? But that episode was so fucking crazy. That's the one with the asylum, right? Yes. 
yeah, when she took him down to the basement. Which yeah, I still so, don't like. Some people have been like, why don't you like that episode? I don't like it. Leave me alone. <laughs> um, yeah, they, that episode is unique for, as far as, like, on the subject of asking for help, because, man, it was just so crazy. I mean, and I thought it was it, well done. That's just a thing about being an adult, is you, you just have to freaking go to people. You have to yeah. just be like, hey, is this, like... Is this for real? Like, am I freaking out about this and it's valid? Or should I, like, you know, Tone do you down. have an alternate, like, perspective that maybe might help me with this? Right. I don't know. I just, I'm realizing more and more, like, how, especially with, like, all these changes in my life right now, how necessary it is to have someone in your life that you can talk to about, like, you know... All of your problems and stuff like that. Like, therapy is incredible. Y'all, everyone Therapy's in the show key. needs therapy, like, right now. Oh, wow. To say the very fucking least. Yeah. To say the very least. Um, yeah, so, like, Dawn has that good line about uh, people needing to ask for help. So, the that part of the gang is home, and they're like, where's Willow? And then Willow leaves the airport and comes home and is like, where is everybody? And they both think that the other hates them or is evil mm-hmm. again. And um, so then Willow goes to sleep in her leather jacket and her boots um, <laughs> on the couch and then wakes <laughs> up the next morning and, like, checks the messages and there isn't anything because they're in the house, um, but she just can't see them. And the so... was coming from inside the house. Oh, my God. But... <laughs> <laughs> do you like me? Are you still my yeah, friend? Yeah, I do. I am. You got me. Um, so then Willow goes to the magic box. Anya's coming out carrying a bunch of charred artifacts from Willow's outbursts at the end of last season. And, um, they start talking and Willow, I mean, sorry, Anya kind of explains to her, like, what's going on. She's like, Spike's insane in the basement. And Willow doesn't know who else to go to. So she goes to the basement in the school um, and is talking to Spike, and Spike is being crazy, but you realize about halfway through the conversation that he's talking to Buffy. Um. Yeah. Who is also down there in the basement. And so, mm-hmm. you watch the same scene twice from two different perspectives. You see it once from Willow's perspective and once from Buffy's, and it's very interesting. This episode, the, the joke gets a little old because you figure out what's going on pretty quick. Um, yeah. At least I did. And so, um, but, like, for what they did, it's, it's still pretty good. Like, the scene with Spike talking to both of them and, like, it being misconstrued as his, misconstrued as, as his insanity, like, that's, that's pretty good. Mm Mm-hmm. Button, Don't you think so? Who's got the button? My money's on the Button, button. (laughs) I say that all the time. Um, I don't know why. It's, it's a, it's a good line a great line um so then yeah then they go from there and willow does a spell with anya to try and track down the demon she does the same spell that she did with tara um when they were looking for demons and tara was scared that she was a demon that was crazy but um so they do that spell there is a lot of light coming from the high school which means the hell mouth is a brewing 
And, um, and Anya and Willow kind of talk about that because they're both in on it, you know? They're kind mm-hmm. of, like, aware of what's going on beneath the crust. And, uh, <laughs> the crust. but then they, like, see some stuff in, <laughs> they see some stuff over, like, off, off by itself, and Willow's like, yeah, I think that's about right. And so they, um, oh, wait, because they found the body. Yes. That's what happens they before Willow does. body. Yeah, and Willa, or sorry, Buffy is, like, talking to Xander, being like, dude, maybe Willow is back, like, I don't know, I've only seen one skinned body before, and it was because of her, and so they're, like, not really sure. I honestly, at first, I thought that it was some, uh, kind of, like, hallucination on Willow's part. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I thought, I thought that she was, like hallucinating that she was seeing Warren's body, but it wasn't. It was just a different flayed body. Um, so, (laughs) so they find it, like, around the same time. Oh, yeah, because what happens, the reason that Willow goes to the school is because Spike's insane in the basement, but it's also because Anya told Willow that Xander is working on construction at the school and that Buffy is a counselor there now. Mm -hmm. And so that's why Willow goes to the school, and that's like before she sees spike and that's when she sees the body mm-hmm. and so whenever she's down there she like gets some information she realizes like kind of what she's looking for she like you know she gets a scent and so um then she goes out to the caves meanwhile after buffy and xander go see spike then they do some research or dawn does some research and um dawn like finds out what the demon is she nails it Mm -hmm. and so which is like good for her first try wow research girl um (laughs) and so uh so she figures out what they're looking for and she's like it likes to live in caves let's go to the one cave in sunnydale (laughs) the only one and um and of course willow is also there because she has done the spell with anya at this point and she knows that like there's something over here in these caves so they go into the cave and here's where the evening went from bad to worst. And that was when um, the evening went from good to great. No. <laughs> All right, everybody add another punch. That's another one. If we had hmm, If we had punch cards, we should get one of those like specialty punchers, you know what I mean, that punches it out in shapes. Oh, yeah. We should get little crosses, little crucifixi. Oh, yeah. I was going to say shape of a stake, but I like crosses better. Well, the stake would just look like a dash. You're right. Yeah, it just, it wouldn't translate well. But a cross is very recognizable. Mm-hmm. Um, I like in Arrested Development where she maybe is trying to, like, be more religious to get some dude to like her. Yeah. And he, she goes, where can I get one of those little T's on the necklace? And Michael goes, that's a cross. And she goes, a cross from where? Classic. So good. I know. Um, so then they go to the cave, right? Is that where we're at? Yes. Okay. So they're at the cave. Um, oh, yeah. The gang, meaning Buffy, Xander, and Dawn, they used Spike to trace the blood from the, trace the scent of blood from the scene of the crime to the cave Mm -hmm. and then spike's like i'm not going in there and why would you there's gnarl is in there gnarl lives in there (laughs) that's a great line and xander's like 
you know, being weird at the mouth of the cave. <coughs> Excuse me. Bless you. And, uh, <laughs> and Spike, Spike is like, I'm insane. What's his excuse? I'm like, oh, a rare yeah. moment of lucidity. Right. From crazy Spike. Um, right before that is also when he's like, carries her water, carries her sin, does a good, like, is a good boy, something, something. Like, when he's talking about everything he does for Buffy. Mm-hmm. And, like, his frustration about it. Yeah. I'm like, good point, but also nobody fucking asked you to, so... Yeah, and nobody knows responsibility. about... Buffy hasn't told anyone about the soul. Right, yeah. So, uh, that's right. an interesting... It's all him. It's really, it's it's all his own problem. He blames it on Buffy because he has this obsession with her, but it really just has... They have very little to do with one another. Mm-hmm. Like, it's... It's correlation, but it's not cause and effect. You know what I mean? Like, sure. Buffy didn't make him go get the kit or go get his soul back. Like, he didn't need to do that. He did that because he felt bad about what he did, and he should. So, there's nobody really to blame here. You mm-hmm. know? That's what I'm saying. Except for, like, maybe the person who, like, the vampire that turned him into a vampire initially. Yeah. That can be the person to blame. Drusilla. But anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, blame Drusilla. Um, so they go to the cave. Willow's there. They go in there. That's where Gnarl is, and he is so terrible. <laughs> he is truly... He didn't have to look like that. Like, that's what I'm saying. Okay, that's my point here. They have him in an awful suit <laughs> where he's, like, kind of ripped. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he's, like, you can, like, see his muscles, but it also, it's, like, he's kind of muscular, but it's more, like, it's more, like, an image of, like, a flayed body. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, when you look at a, when you look, like, in a biology book, and you see the model of the body, like, with no skin on it, so you can see all the insides and the muscles. Yeah. That's kind of, like, what he looks like. And, oh, he has the most terrible fingernails. And a weird nose and a weird shaped head. <laughs> Caroline hates Nora. And I really, I really, really didn't need it. And and the voice, the Norrell, he has. I know that's what I was just about to say. His voice is so crazy, and he speaks in rhyme, which I do not like. <laughs> and he is just so. He is like prime freaky, like. Like, he's as freaky as, like, the gentleman. Ugh. Mm. Don't get me started on that. He is they one of the more, he's so one of the freaky. more, like, remembered Buffy villains. Yeah. Because he's the stuff of nightmares. <laughs> and he's been in the intro now. He's in the intro now for all of season seven. You're gonna make me look at that every single time I watch it. I skipped the intro Even this on week. Oh, oh my god, even even on, like, the season 7 premiere, he's in the intro, and, like, he popped, you know, I'm watching it because I'm like, ooh, a new intro, I wonder what's changed, and the change is that it's traumatizing now, every time I watch it, <laughs> and I, I'm upset, to say the very least, We're but the upset. gnarl, the gnarl, it, sorry, not the gnarl, just gnarl, gnarl <laughs> is... Very excited that there's so many people in his cave. Yeah. 
Um, Gnarl is just so excited because he's just gonna eat so much people skin. That's what he's very excited about. And so, um, he goes up and he scratches Dawn in the stomach and she gets paralyzed and they have to carry her home. And then Buffy's like, oh, well, we don't want him to get out and eat any more people's skin, so block him in. And so they crawl out of the cave and then they knock down a bunch of rocks in front of it. And then Willow's trapped in there. Yeah. And they go home and set Dawn on the couch and they're, like, worried about her being paralyzed and, like, left all by herself. So they call Anya to come babysit her. Um... Meanwhile, Willow's still in the cave, and the Gnarl is talking about how she's all alone, and about how nobody likes her, and about how her friends left her here for him. He's like, you're a present, you're a present, I love presents. hmm Which, uh, who doesn't? You know, like, what are you doing? You special? <laughs> uh, yeah, he's not. You're not, Gnarl. So, but then Willow's like, she gets paralyzed pretty fast, too. And she's saying, like, were my friends really here? Were my friends really here? <laughs> and it's so sad. And it's so gross. It's it's sad. And then if you take how sad it is and you multiply it by ten, that's how gross it is. Yeah. So it's, um, he, like, starts peeling her skin off in ribbons and slurping them up like noodles. It's so and disgusting. I was eating when I was watching this show. I was eating an enchilada and it was just really painful. I put my plate down. I was like, I can't do this and I covered my eyes. Mm. I yeah. I when I texted you that this is unwatchable <laughs> it was literally unwatchable. I could not do it. I was like, I love myself. And I will not make myself do these things for some <laughs> stupid podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so while he's peeling her back at the homestead, um, Anya tells Willow and Xander, I mean, sorry, Buffy and Xander, she's like, yeah, have y'all seen Willow? <laughs> and they're like, <laughs> what? Of course not. I love her. I love her little, you know, she's like, I'm feeling really helpful now. Helping you, helping Willow, you know, I'm really turning a new leaf. <laughs> and then Buffy's like, huh? Like, yeah. Who are you helping? Who, who She's did like, you help? what do you mean you helped Willow? And Anya's like, duh, we totally did a spell together. It was awesome. And then she says, she says, yeah, she was going to go check out some cave on the outskirts of town. And Buffy and Xander are standing in horrified silence. Mm-hmm. And. Anya says, wouldn't it be so funny if she was in the cave that you trapped her in, dying, and you were here with me? (laughs) Ah. And then from there, they, like, bolt off. They leave Dawn by herself after all. Um, So there was really, really, from a script writing standpoint. Anya kept posing her. She kept moving her, her limbs, and they left her holding a remote that she can't click. Yeah. <laughs> but I, she's sitting up. And I love that's good. I love the Scoobies. They can they can really be in their own heads sometimes. Yeah. They're like, here's a remote and then they run out. <laughs> um so they run back to the cave. Um oh no. And they run back to the cave and they 
are in there and um, they can see Gnarl and so Buffy kicks its ass and she puts her thumbs in its face. And he dies. He dies because she took his eyes out, which is not, you don't die just because you lose your eyeballs, but. Maybe he does, you don't know. (sighs) Yeah, so she, she stabs, stabs, stabs him. And then um, Willow's bloody on her stomach, and Anya is like, she's right here, see? Mm -hmm. And they're like, no, that's the whole joke. (laughs) And and then whenever she, like, so Anya is telling Willow, like, hey, Buffy and Xander are here. And Willow's like, no way. And (laughs) then the spell lifts, and they become visible to each other again. And it was Willow all along that made her it wasn't made herself invisible. No, it wasn't normal. And um and so they like get her home and bandage her up. The next morning, Willow is like meditating in her bedroom and um which I guess she sleeps in Buffy's old room now. Yeah, she's sleeping in Buffy's room. Buffy's sleeping in Joyce's yeah. room. Yeah, because Tara died in there. So Tara sure did die in there. Yeah, so Willow's like, I can't be in here. <laughs> and so they trade rooms. Um, and Buffy goes in to check on Willow. Oh, there's and a really see, sad medita- moment this episode where Willow is in that room and she like, yeah, relives yeah, the she- whole thing. It is actually very sad. Right. And I I even thought about that, like, whenever that moment was happening, I was like, that must be so fucking crazy to, like, like, for, like, for example, the bullet went through the window, like, the window was broken. Mm Mm-hmm. And now she's in here again, X amount of months later, with everything that's happened since then, and everywhere she's been, and the window's, like, not still broken. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like... It's, it's, it's like, it's almost like... You go. <laughs> Me go. All right. <laughs> Great. It's like, it's like things that, it's like things that feel like they should be there forever. Like things that, it, things that feel so permanent, you know, like Tara's death. Yeah. But then going back and seeing something that's, that's actually like directly associated with the death and that not being permanent, you know? And so it's like the only actual permanent thing Mm-hmm. was the loss of Tara and everything else is like just gonna keep on moving and improving and like there's no blood stains on the carpet anymore yeah but she died here because it's been and, you know, I don't three, know that, four months yeah and it's I just can't imagine what that's like 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 if somebody dies in your home and then you like you know bury them and do all that stuff and then you just have to go back to your home yeah were they like what? That's fucking crazy. Well, yeah, and so, I, I bet that's how. I mean, I wonder if they sold the couch that Joyce was found on. I don't know. I didn't take note. I'll, I'll I didn't have take to note of like what the couch looked like and what's the same couch because if it were me, I would yeah. get rid of that like immediately. Yeah, it's like, dude, it's like the feeling of when you go back to your old high school. It's like that times a million. Times like, yeah, 20 million. It's just like, oh, God, get rid of it. Get rid of all of it. Yeah. Yeah. When you go back in and you're like, wait, I graduated. This shouldn't be here anymore. But now there's like different kids pictures up on the wall and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? 
And it's like, who the fuck are you? I was here. Yeah. You know? I'm, I'm the... Life is fleeting! Yeah. <laughs> Time! I know. I'm panicking. But... <laughs> uh, but anyway, so Buffy goes in to check on Willow, and she's like, I'm... Or she's like saying she's tired, and Buffy says, I didn't realize meditating was such hard work, and she's like, oh, I'm not meditating, I'm healing. Which is so cool. Mm-hmm. Which is so cool. And um, she's like, I'm too tired. And then they kind of talk about it. And Buffy confesses to her that, um, well, okay, Willow tells her that she made herself invisible on purpose on accident. Yeah, yeah. And so. (laughs) She wanted to be invisible. um, She's like, I was. And so she just made it so. She just was. Yeah, like out of her control. And, um. The explanation of this is that she's tapping into, like, a new level of her powers, and also she has this new magic within her from the coven that she didn't have before, and so it's, like, the explanation is that, like, she doesn't know how to control this particular region of her powers yet, um, which I buy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm down with it. I'm like, cool. Yeah. Um, they didn't have to give me an explanation at all. So the fact that they even tried is, is, uh, <laughs> is I would have just been like, yeah, she's a witch. It happens. Okay, um, yeah. But um, I mean, it yeah, literally and then did Buffy, happen to Marcy in season one. It did. Yeah. The invisible girl. Mm-hmm. Out of mind, out of sight. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And then Buffy's like, I have a confession to make, too. And she tells her that, like, she thought that maybe it was her because they couldn't find her. And then, and she was supposed to come back to Sunnydale on that day. Mm. And the next day, a flayed body turns up. Like, of course, it's going to cross your mind. And Willow has such a great response that, like, I really think it kind of shows, like, her new perspective on Mm -hmm. Buffy. Because, but uh, like, think at at the end of season six, she was just so... Like, oh, aren't you special? You're the fucking slayer. Well, guess what? You didn't save everybody. You Mm -hmm. know, like, she was so, like, aggressive towards her and her position. And, like, like, honestly, like, frustrated with her for not being perfect at her job. And, um, and so she's, like, just really chewing into her. But then this episode, she's, like, you're the slayer and you have to say stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like, you... You know, and she was like, everybody else was thinking it, and you just have to be the one to say it, and then you take the heat, because then everybody goes, what? You think Willow did this, even though I was just thinking that, but not saying it? Mm -hmm. You know, and it's just like, everybody's all talk. Yeah. And Buffy has to be the one to do something. That's, I mean, and that's always been the, like, god, there's this great speech from her, and I can't remember exactly what it's from, um, but she says, like, it's always going to be me. Like, when it comes down to it, it's always going to be mm. me. Like, yeah, I make the hard decisions that no one else can. God, hold on. I gotta find this speech. Yeah, you do it, because I want to keep talking about this. Yeah, it's just, like, Buffy just... It, it's not even that nobody else can. It's, it's that nobody else wants to. And people honestly exploit Buffy's chosen oneness... As being, like, you know, in difficult situations, like, when she does have to make a call, I'm trying to think of, like, a a situation, but, like, um, I don't know, there's been so many where it's like, okay, we have this plan or we have this plan, and Buffy's like, we have to do this Oh, this is actually a, sorry. 
what has it has it not happened yet the speech yeah but i'm just gonna read it for you okay without context okay yeah go for it it is always different it's always complicated and at some point someone has to draw the line and that is always going to be me you get down on me for cutting myself off but in the end the slayer is always cut off there's no mystical guidebook there's no all-knowing counsel human rules don't apply there's only me i am the law yeah wow i got chills yeah um yeah like especially man this show in season seven i'm really realizing like how much of a metaphor of adulthood this show is and before you know like i've obviously heard that people saying like oh well it's supposed to be a metaphor for high school or a metaphor for adulthood or something like that but like for some reason it just like didn't land until now yeah and um i wonder why i'll think about it i'll get back to you but yeah like realize you know when you're growing up you like have these people who tell you what to do all the time yeah and um you just never really the only way that you have to go back and answer to them is if you don't do it and so you just do it like out of convenience's sake and you're just kind of taking orders and then it gets to a certain point where they go okay we're done Mm-hmm. And you're like, wait, but I'm not done. Like, I still want more guidance. I still want you to keep, like, calling the shots for me. And they're like, no, sorry, your time's up. And there's just, like, no explanation other than just, like, well, you're 18 now, you know, or you're 21 now. Or you've graduated high school or college and, like, it's time for you to be on your own. But, like, you don't even get to decide when that happens. Mm-hmm. People are getting more flexible about it now as far as, like, um, you know, because it's so hard to graduate in four years now and, like stuff like that people are getting more flexible about it but yeah like it just gets to a certain point where people are like okay now you do what you want to do and you're like what i haven't been prepared for this (laughs) you're like nobody asked nobody nobody ever asked me what i wanted to do until just now and now it's like the only decision i have to make but um yeah like they i think that um like buffy you know, and I'm sure you've thought about this, and I'm sure this has been said in countless internet blogs, but, um, like, just having Giles and the council, and then only having Giles and not having the council anymore, and then losing her mom, and -hmm. then, like, seeing the other side, and all that stuff, like, it's just really coming down to, like, and, like, her choosing to sleep with Spike, and, like, keeping that a secret, and then regretting it, but also not regretting it, and so, ugh, it's so much. But mm-hmm. I think that people take advantage of Buffy's responsibility that she has. I think that... I think so, too. I think that in their position, they know, except except whenever Buffy intentionally keeps information from them, they know everything that she does. They have all the same information. And yet they still sit around with their thumbs up their ass. Or, like, you know, Anya, Anya yeah. will just you know, be giving really impractical solutions, like, solutions that cannot happen. She's like, oh, well, we should just do this. And it's like, okay, but that's not Mm -hmm. true. And, like, you can blame her for being a demon all you want, but, like, it's still not helpful. And, like, Willow's like, well, I don't really know until recently, you know? Like, she she used to be very, like, well, whatever you think, Buffy, you know, there's pros and cons to both sides. And then Xander is just panicking, usually. And selfish and concerned Mm -hmm. with whatever he's got going on in his own personal life and like people just will intentionally be like well you're the slayer why don't you choose and it's like okay but how about you give me like an actual opinion or you know like you said like being like do you have any perspective and then being like we don't care we just want you to use yours 
But it's hard to trust yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to be like, okay, I have all the information. I've been doing this for X amount of years. I think we should do this, you know, and like to know that that's a good choice because a lot of the times it's not. Mm -hmm. That's why. That's why. Because we we (laughs) fuck up all the time. Ugh. remember when they stabbed that guy and then he turned back into a guy? (gasps) Yes. Like stuff like that. Um, Yeah. So anyway, I think that people really just put a lot of weight on Buffy and I think that she fucking cracks under the pressure, you know? And who can blame and her? And who can blame her? Um, yeah. And then, oh yeah, and then that's, <laughs> the reason we said all this is because Willow said to Buffy, well, you're the Slayer, you have to say stuff like that. And I think, I think it's kind of coming to light that Buffy, I mean, sorry, Willow had some, like, underlying resentments for Buffy about, like, always knowing what to do, or seeming to, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, always calling the shots. And, like, I think that some of those kind of came out whenever Willow was evil, but... But, yeah, so, um, they, like, have a good talk, and then Buffy's, oh, and then Willow sits up and starts trying to heal herself again, and she goes, I thought you, Buffy says, I thought you were tired. And Willow's like, I am, but it hurts too bad to not keep doing it. And she's, and Buffy's like, well, can I give you some of my strength? I have plenty to go around. And then Mm -hmm. they hold hands, and it's a really touching closing image. Yeah, that is one of my... Man, we're two for two on episodes with really excellent closing scenes. Yeah, because last last scene was... I mean, sorry, last episode was the church, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. The Can we rest, Buffy? Can we rest? And then this one is, is Buffy lending her strength to her best friend? Yeah. It's a very and, sweet... And Willow accepting sweet, it, too. That's another... Yeah, yeah, and Willow not, you know, running away and, you know, acting like she can do everything on her own. And Buffy not doing that, too, you know. Yeah. It's it's a good. It's a good. So what do we rate it? So what do we rate it? What do we rate it? <laughs> well, so, like, if we started at 10, I'm going to subtract three points for the gnarl. as far and this is just like an opinion base like this is not like an objective like oh well as a whole the episode my personal opinion i hated watching the gnarl so much that we are at a seven at this point um i'm gonna take off another point because the joke did go on for too long but also in their defense there are only there's so few characters to deal with right now if right. that, like, makes sense. Like, there's not... That will not be the case for much okay. longer. Okay, like, there's so few characters to deal with right now that it's hard to be like, okay, well, what's Anya doing? And it's like, okay, well, Anya is with Willow, but that's still part of the main plot. You know what I mean? So, um... Yeah. Uh, the way that you keep jokes from, like, being... Um, you, the way that you keep dead horses from being beaten is to, like, have other things to switch to. Um... Mm-hmm. And, you know, to fill up the time that you're required to fill with these episodes. And uh, they just don't have yeah. that. So maybe I shouldn't take off a point. Okay, I'll get, I give it a seven. Okay, yes. a seven? I think a seven is a perfectly reasonable answer yeah. for this episode. Yeah. And the- it's good, and it's got, it's got some good uh-huh. moments in it. Yeah. I like the character. Um, They're really just, they're laying it on thick, but I say that in like, the best way 
with like you can tell this is a last season of a show. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like everything that we've been working towards this whole time, everything is coming to a yeah. head, right? Like, I prefer that though. Like I don't want I like that things are very slowly being tied up. Or that they're giving they're mm-hmm. giving everybody plenty of time. Oh yeah. Um and it's nice. It's it's like you know, for the last two episodes, they have included scenes with Willow, you know, expressing her, you know, fear at coming uh-huh. back and Giles being like, "No, it's okay." Like even if they don't accept you, like you have to know either way, right. you know. And so that finally came to a head in this episode. They're developing the spike in the basement. Like, what's in the basement? You know, that's still there. Right. All this stuff. Um, I think they're doing a really good job. And uh, I don't like the gnarl. I think it's weird. <laughs> but I... I guess this episode is a good episode in the sense that the last two episodes have been good in moving the plot along and, like, kind of tie... Like, setting everything up for the rest yeah, of the season. Yeah, I thought that the premiere, though, so, was really good. I thought the premiere was tight. This was, I liked the premiere, and I liked the last uh-huh. episode. I didn't like the last episode as much as I liked the premiere. Oh, me neither. But me neither. I still really liked it. But, um, yeah, so seven. Seven's, seven's all around. Seven's <coughs> all the way down. Okay, everybody. Well... Okay. Next week, we'll be talking about Season 7, Episode 4. I don't know what it's called or what it's about. Um, I don't but either. But it sure should be fun. I sure bet it'll be fun. But I am almost I'm almost certain that we are getting um, we're getting some some Andrew and Jonathan, I think, maybe? Man, I'd love some good old-fashioned Jonathan. You, you know me. I love a good dose of Jonathan. Oh... Oh, no, I don't think that. Oh, no. Mm-mm. No, I like the next episode a lot. All right, well, we'll talk about it. I think you're going to like we'll it. We'll talk too. about it next week. Uh, stay tuned to find out. Until then, yes, we will. you can find us on Twitter at Buffy underscore speak. You can also email us at BuffySpeak at gmail.com. It would be so tight to hear from you guys. I wonder if any of you are going to be Buffy stuff we for love Halloween. hearing from you. Um, that would be cool. Send us your costumes. Show us your tattoos. Somebody did that for us recently. It was fucking awesome. They have a sick tattoo. Tori. Tori. Did oh, that. Tori. Listener, Tori. Oh, our friend Tori. Your tattoo is so cool. Wait, was it our friend Tori or the emailer was Tori? It, the emailer's name oh, is okay. Tori. We know a- They don't have, um, their Twitter's on private, so they can't talk to us on Twitter. Ah, got it. So they emailed us and showed us their tattoo, and it was baller. It was awesome. I got a Buffy tattoo. I don't know if I've said it I on the I don't know if you have yet. yet. I think you just tweeted about it. I got a Buffy yeah. tattoo. Um, it's pretty dope. It's a gravestone, and it says she saved the world a lot, and it's really well done. It's on, it's on yes. the back of Beth's arm. Um, I it's think... On, it's by, uh, Chris... Chris at Safe House Tattoo in Nashville. Cool. I think I need a tattoo. Yeah. Not necessarily a Buffy one. I think I just need a, a ink. A what ink. do you think? Say yes. I think Okay. Yes. I'm off to get a tattoo, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>